This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. On Global News Radio, I am Peter Sherman. We're going to switch gears and get into the area of health. And I read something this afternoon that uh, threw me for a loop. If you had said to me... um, Early today, Peter, um, what group in society spends most of its time, no, that's not fair, spends more time in uh, the offices of medical practitioners than any other group, I would have said hands down 65 plus because that cohort has grown to, I think it's the largest uh, cohort in society right now in North America. I know it is in Canada and uh, everybody uh, has a pretty good idea that about 90% of your health care is provided in the last 10% of your life. I, I don't know if I'm being dead accurate. Ooh, bad choice of words. I don't know if I'm being 100% accurate, but um, I'm being moderately accurate. Now I go and I'm, and I'm reading something about our next guest and uh, an associate, a Canadian Medical Association uh, Health Summit that's coming up next week in Winnipeg. And what it's telling me is that um, 18 to 34-year-olds go to the doctor about 11 times a year. And I go, Whoa, where's that coming from? So I'm going to ask Zaina Kayat, who is a future strategist, and she's with St. Elizabeth Health, and she will be speaking to that convention in Winnipeg next week. Where are we getting this stuff from? Why are 18 to 34-year-old healthy people, ostensibly, going to the doctor so much? Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Uh, My look, pleasure. I'll admit I was a little bit surprised, too. A lot of what we hear is, you know, like you said, this is the young and healthy population. Uh, we always think of the older adult population. So uh, kudos to Ipsos and the CMA for unpacking some real relevant today data so we can have a conversation. But in hindsight, I'm actually not that surprised. So I think there's two insights in, you know, what they uncovered. One is this generation is actually not that healthy, right? I mean, between mental health and obesity rates that are now hitting kids as young as 10 years old, they are confronting health issues well before, you know, normally those of us who've had uh, enough longevity would have had them. Um, and then secondly, they're proactive about their health. And I think that's the fundamental generational difference. They did well, not kind of, come here for a sick care system. It's right? kind it's of interesting, health. though. You, you, on the one hand, you say they're proactive about their health care. And, uh, you know, knowing some people in that age group, I would say, yeah, I mean, I've never seen so much biking and people who go to the gym and work out and uh, and play in the summer beach volleyball or maybe the guys, some of the girls play hockey in the winter. That's your 18 to 34-year-olds, at least as I know them. Yeah. And uh, you refer back to their earlier lives where uh, childhood obesity rates, we all know, are higher than they should be. Are they carrying that forward? I think it's a bit of both, right? When I talk about being proactive, though, about healthcare, it's not about proactive in terms of health and wellness, which generally you'd expect, you know, the bulk of this population to be. But what I mean is about taking matters and solving problems into their own hands. And that is very different from the kind of passive generation where you relegated most decision-making and a bit of like, I don't want to know what's really going on with my body uh, to yeah. a highly trained professional. 
And that's the difference. This is the maker generation. They have all the data, all the tools, all the information. And this data is showing that they're using them, right? Whether that's to be proactive in terms of, you know, fitness and monitoring and those types of things, or to get around a lot of analog elements of today's healthcare experience, which frankly just doesn't match everything else in their life in the 21st century. So why should it in healthcare? Okay, so I, I get what you're saying. Th- this is a generation, as we both know, and you alluded to it, that is very digital. It's got all of the devices. Some of it is uh, bordering on AI, and artificial intelligence will only grow in the uh, weeks, months, and years to come. They're watching that stuff. They're wearing devices that monitor various aspects of their body. Is it those devices that, that uh, are showing them information that is driving them to go and visit a doctor 11 times a year? So I don't know that we can connect those two. So I think you want to unpack the insights of this study. So one is there is this utilization level, and when they are using the system, they're not going to settle for call, make an appointment, wait in the waiting room. It's just not going to work. So they, that's, when not that, that's not them. I want uh, it now. I want it now. This is the convenience on demand. But frankly, I'm not in this generation, and I'm not settling for the analog experience that I'm being dished up. So it's just that this population skews even higher of that expectation. So that's one. The other insight, though, is around their readiness, their willingness, their wanting, and that they'll trade off the traditional risks you and I might not be as comfortable with, such as privacy or that a machine is helping me make a decision about my body, um, they're willing to let that go in exchange for the convenience, the access, and the control. And that's, to me, the big insight that should really have people who deliver care in this sector and policymakers rethinking a lot of the current strategies because they're not really designed for this level of engagement. Well, I see from the study as well, there's an issue about privacy, which suggests that this generation will trade that off. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're, you're getting at. Yep. Um, compared to uh, your generation or my generation, we're older, uh, saying, you know what, um, my health is my business. I'll keep it my business. It's between me and my doctor. And they're saying, you know what, if I have to send some zeros and ones through the air to get to where they have to go, or if somebody has to have them to make uh, an informed decision or help me make one, uh, I'm quite happy to have it happen. Yep, exactly. And then, again, reminder, even though you say your health is your business, uh, those your data is still a lot of zeros and ones. It's just it's being uh, held a little bit of prisoner in, in, in historical institutions who are just as amenable to hacking and breaches of privacy as, you know, others. So, so this privacy thing, I think, is an issue for everybody no matter what's going on. Uh, I think the point is, though, that the younger generation is kind of aware of the privacy risk and they're willing to go past it in order to get the value proposition that digital provides. Again, not exclusively. The data shows this is true even in the 70-year-old plus, but more than everybody else. Okay, last question because we're running out of time. I I think that what this is is suggesting to me as a takeaway is that the uh, 18 to 34-year-olds, or roughly speaking millennials because they actually go to 40, are people who are as concerned as anybody about their health. Maybe they're even more concerned, but they are totally prepared to give it over to the digital age and go with the flow as AI brings more and more and more of uh, the health monitoring and maybe even treatment 
treatment uh, to you on a personal level uh, and less and less of a burden on uh, a physician somewhere in an office if when you can get an appointment. So I think that's one great takeaway. It's a great summary. I think the other one, though, is that they are still going to need the formal healthcare system in many ways and services. They're willing to, they want and expect that to be available in the digital realm. And the bigger policy thing is then, and if our formal health system doesn't catch up to meet that, they are going to look elsewhere. And those options are opening up because these services are now global. Very good. Zaina Kayat, future strategist with uh, St. Elizabeth Health. Thanks so much for uh, shining the light on something brand new. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a great uh, afternoon. All right. You do the same. And uh, she'll be speaking next week at the Canadian Medical Association's Health Summit in Winnipeg. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that.